We are going to start this evening in 1 Peter um, chapter 4. Uh, 1 Peter is a letter in the New Testament. So the Bible split into the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament is the story of the people of Israel, the, the people of God, and we're going to get to them in a little bit. Um, but to start out, we're going to start in the New Testament, which is a story of Jesus coming um, and giving us all access uh, to relationship with Jesus and, and allowing us to enter into relationship with God through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And so we're in First Peter, and First Peter is written by Peter, who's a disciple of uh, Jesus. He says in verse 12, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering, as though something strange were happen- happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed, for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, If you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. For it is time for judgment to begin with the family of God, and if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. So we are in exile. Um, we are in a world that is uh, broken, that is sinful, that has uh, been separated because of that sin from, um, from relationship with God. And we actually, because of Christ, we can enter into relationship with God. But right now, we're, we live in a broken world. And part of that broken world is um, we are stripped of what we've talked about so far in Daniel. Is we're, we've been stripped of who we are, and the world is trying to pour into us what it says we should be. And one of the lies um, the world offers us is that when we interact in the world, we have to choose between ourselves and others. That either we get what we want or others get what they want. And what this does is it actually separates us from people. And it makes us the center of our worlds, and it comes with power. So we hold, uh, we hold the power to decide whether or not we're going to in, enter into relationship with each other. So when I'm at home and I have an argument with my wife, I can decide uh, if my wife is, is worth me entering in and trying to figure out uh, what's going on with our fight, why we're, why we're having trouble. Um, and I actually get to decide, uh, you know, did she do something to hurt me? 
Did she do something? She's like, it was her fault. It's her fault that I got in this fight. She did something. She wanted, she was mad that I didn't clean the dishes. Or it's, she's, I get to decide if I'm going to enter into relationship with her. I hold the power because the world tells us that it's me or others. One of the ways, so on Super Bowl Sunday, 10 years ago, the Arizona Cardinals were playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I was really excited because the Cardinals were in the Super Bowl. And I grew up in Arizona. And I had some friends over to watch the game. And they're from Arizona. But for some reason, they were cheering for Pittsburgh. And I could not figure out why they were cheering for Pittsburgh. (laughs) Because they're from Arizona. Why wouldn't you cheer for Arizona? And I held up. I was like, no, it's, it's, it's the Cardinals. We have to cheer for the Cardinals. They're our team. Well, the Cardinals lost. And I felt like they were really mean about it. <laughs> like they were like, they were laughing and jumping up and down and cheering, and, which is a normal thing to do when your team wins. But I was, I was mad. I got really mad at them. Um, and one of them, I like, I think I'm still mad at her. (laughs) I, I don't know. But all this to say, the thing that happens when it's, it's ourselves versus others is that when the thing that we hold valuable isn't held valuable by the other person, we get mad at them. We get angry. We say, why aren't you worshiping the thing that I'm worshiping? Why aren't you cheering for the Cardinals? Why don't you want a clean house? Why don't you Why don't you want to listen to my story? We have and and so many of those things are good They're good desires. They're things that are are really rich and and they're things that we we long for interaction. We long to be known and to be seen and those are good things. But then we begin to demand them from other people because we see our world as ourselves or others. And either I'm going to get what I want or you're going to get what you want. And we we can't... And that causes conflict. That causes... uh, breaks in relationship. And one of the places where we can see this play out really clearly is in the book of Daniel. Um, So we are in Daniel chapter 3, and the people of Israel have been, who are the people of Israel are God's chosen people, and they've been carried off to Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar, and they, they're, they're being stripped of who they are. So King Nebuchadnezzar takes these young men and he takes away their names, takes away who they are, says you, you have to learn our gods, our culture, our customs, and you have to eat from our table. 
um, which we learned is, is one of the places where these young men um, said, no, we're, I'm going to hold on to my identity as a, as a child of God, and I'm going to create space between myself and, um, and the, the Babylonian culture that's being poured into me. And we were called the risk, which is right here, risk, really big. You know, we're only in chapter three. I don't know if we might need another one of these <laughs> by the time we're done. So we're going to go to Daniel chapter three. Um, and just to start out, I'd like to say uh, we're, we're going to be talking about Nebuchadnezzar and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the interesting thing about this chapter is Daniel doesn't show up. I don't know why. There's some different reasons why he maybe didn't show up. Um, Nebuchadnezzar may have sent him off on a, on a trip to visit someone at this time, or maybe he was close enough to Nebuchadnezzar that he wasn't involved. I don't know. But Daniel's not around. So we're just going to talk about his three friends, um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So in Daniel 3, it says, King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold, 90 feet high and 9 feet wide, and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all other provincial officials to come to the ded- dedication of the image he had set up. So all the officials assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before it. So Nebuchadnezzar has built this image of gold and he says, hey, everybody, come worship my image of gold. He's, he's built this thing. And they're not really worshiping the image of gold. They're worshiping Nebuchadnezzar. And he holds the power to call all of these people together and say, you should come worship me. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, This is what you are commanded to do, O peoples, nations, and men of every language. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harps, pipes, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. I don't know about you, but... When people don't cheer for the cardinals, I don't throw them into a blazing furnace. But this is actually what we do. When we, we hold up our idols, we hold up our desires as demands, and when other people don't meet them, we actually, we, 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 we kill them. Not literally, but we, we kill them in, in relationship. We, we attack them, or we shut them out. We actually, we say like, no, I'm not, I, I can't be in relationship with you because you're not, you know, it's like me still being mad at this girl who didn't cheer for the Cardinals. Ten years later. I'm not bitter at all. All right. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the horn, flute, 
zither, lyre, harp, and all kinds of music, all the peoples, nations, and men of every language fell down and worshipped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. At this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You have issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the music must fall down and worship the image of gold, that whoever does not fall down and worship the image of gold will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you have set up over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, O king. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. So here's our conflict. This is where Nebuchadnezzar has set up the image of gold. And he said, come worship. Come worship my, my idol. Come worship me. And then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say no. And when, when we do this, when we say come worship this thing, come worship me, give me what I want, and someone says no, and they don't do it, we hear voices speaking to us. We hear, not, not literally, but we hear uh, the voices of our, our parents, of our teachers. We hear the voices of our friends, of the bullies. We hear all of these voices telling us, you are not worth their time. You are not valuable. You are not, you're not worth it. They're never, they're never going to, they're never going to be in relationship with you. They're never going to worship the thing that you, you worship. They're never going to want the thing that you want. They're not going to give you what you want. That's, that's what we hear. And that's what Nebuchadnezzar hears. He hears these voices of these people going, hey, there's these, there's these Jews and they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're not worshiping and you set them up. You made them your friends. You made them your, they, you, you made them these, these rulers. You made them leaders, and they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're not following you. They're not worshiping you. So what happens when, when, what happens when people don't give us what we want? What do we, what do we do? We get mad. We get really mad. We throw them into, a, did someone say we throw them into a pit? Oh, we should <laughs> throw a fit. That's what I heard. We throw a fit. We get mad, furious with rage, furious with rage. Nebuchadnezzar is is like notoriously violent. Um, this is not the person you want to get mad. He holds all the power. People do what he wants. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods, nor worship the image of gold I have set up? Now, when you hear the sound of the music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into 
a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Nebuchadnezzar holds the power. He says, I'm going to give you one more chance. I'm going to give you one more chance to, to kneel down, to bow down, to worship me. This is your last chance. If you don't do this, I'm going to throw you in the fire. I'm going to burn you up. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to kill you. One more chance. The lie that we hear is that it's ourselves or others. Either we get what we want or everyone else gets what they want. This is the lie that we hear. And we've been talking about this idea of doorways. There's, there's open doors in front of us. There's opportunities in front of us to enter in. And often on the other side of the door is uncertainty. We don't know what will happen. We don't know if it'll be nice and everything will work out or if there'll be fire and there'll be pain. And when we hold the power, when we make it about ourselves versus others, we actually allow ourselves the opportunity to say, no, I'm not going to do that because I don't know if I'm safe. I don't know if I'm going to be okay walking through that door. I don't have to walk through that door because the person on the other side, the person on the other side doesn't care about me, doesn't really care about me. They don't deserve it. They don't, they did this. They hurt me. They should come walking through the door. It's ourselves versus others. And so what's true? If that's a lie, what's true? This is where we come to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Because here we leave Nebuchadnezzar. We'll come back to him for a moment. We're going to leave Nebuchadnezzar for a bit and focus on how do we, we hold up our idols. We hold up, we build up our idols. And what do we do? Um, what do we do with those idols when we hold them before other people? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. See, the truth is, it's not about ourselves versus others. It's about us entering into relationship with God. It's us and, and it's not ourselves versus others, it's ourselves and God. And when we, when we look to God first, we actually look at the doorway and we say, I may not know what's on the other side, but God's calling me to walk through the door. It actually takes away our power to determine what the other person is going to do. 
or whether or not the other person is, is worth our time or whether or not the thing that we're going to do is risky and maybe we shouldn't do it or maybe we should. This is what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego do is they actually set aside the idol. And in, in the midst of exile, when they're being told it's safe to do this thing, they set aside the idol and they say, no, I'm, I'm going to enter in with God. And even if he doesn't rescue us, even if when I walk through the door, there's fire and I get burned up, we're still, we're still going to walk through that door. Then, Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and all other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel wants you to know that this fire was really, really hot. Really, really hot. And soldiers took it. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leapt up, leapt to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we had tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, O king. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son, son of the gods. The open doorways that we're talking about, the, the, the places where we are stepping into risk, there may be fire on the other side. There may be pain and suffering. And what Peter says is, what Peter said at the beginning when we read out of 1 Peter, he says there will be suffering. You will suffer. But the thing that we need to know um, is that Christ has gone before us. They didn't know about Christ, but they still honored God and walked into the fire, and the fire burned up their, their ropes, and there was God standing beside them. But we know that Christ has already gone through the fire. We know that Christ came and, and died and for our sins, for our brokenness, so that when we walk into the fire, we know he's, he's there with us. Even if it's painful, even if there is suffering. So the question isn't, when we, when we look through the door and we're trying to figure out, you know, is, is God in there waiting for me? The question is not, is God in there? Should I go in? God, tell me if you want me to go in. Are you in there waiting for me? 
because we already know that he is. And what we do so often is what Nebuchadnezzar does. Then Nebuchadnezzar, well, okay, so he, yep, let's go back. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the officials crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair on their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, therefore, see, Nebuchadnezzar, the Bible, so when we look at, when we learn the Bible, if you, if you grew up in the church, and even if you read the Old Testament, we often, if we often look at the people in the Old Testament especially as either heroes or villains. We look at them and we say, you know, David's a hero and Goliath's the villain. But the truth is, they're, they're people. Daniel, in a lot of ways, is the story of Nebuchadnezzar learning about God. Which we'll get to more next week. But what I want to point out is Nebuchadnezzar praises God. And this is what he does. Is he, he stands at the door, and there's a door there in front of him, inviting him into relationship with God, and he shouts through the door and says, uh, praise, praise the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But he doesn't walk through it. And you know why I know he doesn't walk through it? Because he says, Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble for no other God can save in this way. He still holds his power. He sees the thing that God did, this incredible, amazing miracle. These three men walk out of the fire without even the smell of smoke on them. And Nebuchadnezzar sees that and goes, uh, praise, praise God. But he still holds the power. He still holds the power. He still says, I'm going to set myself up as the protector of this God. And that's, that's what we do. Is we see the thing that God did, or we see the thing that God's inviting us into, and we, we look through the window, we look through the door, we say, is God there? Isn't he there? God, will you show me a sign? Show me a sign that I should walk through the door. Show me a sign that I should risk. And then God shows us a sign and we say, okay, show me another one. We are called to step into the fire, to step through the doorway into the fire, not because we know that God is waiting for us, 
but because he's called us to. And also, we know that God is waiting for us because Christ came and died. So what? Begin to think about the things that you, the the desires that you have that you're holding as demands for other people. Because there's a lot of them. We hold a lot of our lives, a lot of our our lives are, are desires that we demand of others. Begin to think about those desires. Begin to think about the demands that you've placed on others. And when you have the opportunity, do what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did, which is they laid down their lives. They laid down all of their power. And they, they walked in. We need to enter into relationship with each other in humility We need to enter into relationship with our wives, our husbands, our kids, our parents, our friends, our boyfriends, our girlfriends, our roommates. We need to enter in putting down our idols, putting down the things that we've, the the demands that we've placed on other people. Um, And be willing to enter in uh, into the fire. I don't know what time it is. Six seventeen. Okay. We don't really have time. I'm gonna pray, and we're gonna spend some time in worship. Father. Thank you for this time that we get to spend together, um, that we get to, to, to come together as a community to reflect on you and what you've done, um, the ways that you have entered into our lives before we even uh, recognized or acknowledged you. And I pray that you would show us what it looks like to lay down, um, lay down our idols, to let go of the things that we hold as demands, um, and to enter into relationship even the demands that we hold of you um, and the things that, the way that we demand that you show us that it's safe to enter in. Um, We demand that you take away the risk, that we step through the door knowing that you're there um, and just trust uh, that that you have what's good for us and that you've called us to enter in. I pray that you'd bless this time of worship, bless the food that we eat, and um, bless the conversation. That you'd give us um, courage to enter in, uh, that you give us grace for each other, and uh, ears to hear what you uh, would have us hear. Uh, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen.